Welcome to Widowed But Not Alone with Todd Bessie of Credom Wealth Partners, the podcast designed to help people who have lost a partner and those people who support them. We will share stories and resources that will help support your needs, address your financial concerns, and guide you to believe in your future. Now, on to the show. After losing a spouse, making decisions and taking action can be quite difficult for a widow. However, at some point, you must address financial issues that need your attention. Organizing your finances is critical to giving you a sense of control. It can also reduce your concerns about financial stability while you're still dealing with grief, fear, and uncertainty. Welcome to the Widowed But Not Alone podcast with your host, Todd Bessie of Credom Wealth Partners. I'm Patrice Sikora, and this is part one of a two-part series on next steps in making financial decisions. Todd, in early stages of widowhood, there is a point when things need to get done. But for a widow who's struggling to make decisions, how does this process start? Yeah, I think as they um, begin to to prepare to to address some of the things that come up after their spouse passes and, and getting ready to make some decisions, probably the best thing is to have some support. And, and whether that is they're, they're comfortable with, let's just say, an adult child to be by their side, or if they have a sibling that they trust, uh, it's nice to have that person there to kind of look over their shoulder and be their support person. Or ideally, you know, I, I think personally, because we've been through this so much, it makes sense to have a professional by your side that you trust. Um, someone that has the knowledge and the resources to guide you through the process of evaluating documents and making financial decisions. And, and ideally, that should be someone that's a certified financial planner that's been trained to do these things. Why a financial planner, though? I mean, do you, do you act as a coordinator or do you make these, help her make these decisions on your own? Right. I think it's, it, it, there's the process of, of, of understanding the needs of the individual and helping them gain comfort or, or confidence. I'm sorry, confidence in, in, in starting to make some slow decisions. And there are other people that are involved in the process. It could be a banker. It could be their accountant. It could be an attorney, um, insurance specialists, um, an HR director at a company. So there, there are a lot of other people that will be in, you know, involved in the process along the way, but it's nice to have a point person. It's nice to have, a, if you will, a quarterback of the process that's leading you through it. And, and often that is a certified financial planner. And where do you start? Well, I, I, I think what we need to understand when we're working with a widowed client is you know, when they were together with their spouse in their married years, we need to know who was the one, you know, that was the, I guess the question is, 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 was the widowed individual, the primary manager of the household finances? Right. Yeah. Were they somewhat involved? Um, or, you know, was the, the spouse that passed away, the person who really made most of the decisions and dealt with the day-to-day, you know, financial decisions. So we need to know that so that we understand where that the widowed individual is at and then can begin theirs, understanding their level of knowledge. And so from that point, our role in the process is to help that widowed individual cope with what now might seem to be a very enormous task. And we take a step back and we look at, at what needs to be addressed and 
try to start to prioritize things. So we need to look at or help them look at what things they need to deal with right away, what decisions need to be made right away, uh, what things they need to look at but can be addressed in the near future, and things that they can, if you will, kind of punt on and, and push down the road a little ways because they're not critical decisions to be made now or in the coming weeks or months. They're things that can be made down the road. So that's where we begin with a widowed client. When you have a client who comes in who really has not been part of the the household budgeting, is it difficult to bring them up to speed? It can be, and that's where we need to help them understand to, to take a look at where their household income was coming from and what bills have to be paid. You know, right. what expenses they had that were running their house or expenses that they had that were just part of their lifestyle. So that's where we'll take a step back and and work with the widowed individual to identify, first of all, we need to understand, was it a single income household or a dual income household? Okay. So is the person that survived, were they working or not? And and is the person who passed away working? So we need to understand that. Where was the income coming from? Was it salary? Was it you know, wages from a job? Was there income that was coming from a bonus or was you know the deceased person a, a, a salesperson and, and was earning commission, you know, variable income? Um, then we take a look at other places where income income can come from, which would be investments, right? So you could have interest income, you could have dividends from stock investments, you know, or what if you own a business? So you might have had income that was coming from a business. So, you know, that's the first part is understanding where the income was coming from. And then the second part is understanding the expenses. So that's looking at, okay, you know, do you own a home and and did you have a mortgage? So is there a mortgage payment that has to be made? Um, were there other uh, debts that needed to be handled? You know, uh, was there a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit that was part of that process? You know, you've got utility bills that need to be paid every month, credit card, you know, bills that have to be paid, whether it's your Visa, your MasterCard, American Express, or it's you know, department store card, you know, like Nordstrom's or Macy's or or the Gap or something like that. Um, and then the last thing, you know, is do you have loans on other things? So like an auto loan, um, you know, if you have a boat or an RV, did you have a loan on that? So it's just trying to understand what the expenses are of the household and help the this individual here understand, okay, this is how much income you have coming in, identify where that's coming from. These are the expenses. And really at the end of the day, then how how are you doing? You know, do you have enough income to make these expenses every month? Um or are you going to be short? And we need to figure that out. The big question would be is, where do you get this information? Now, granted, some of these are monthly bills and you probably can find them around, but let's say your your dividend payments, maybe they come in on a quarterly basis. Where do you, where do you find that? Do you know that? Right. So I, I think what what is becoming more and more challenging too is you know the digital nature of the way we live our lives now, right? So you know, in years past, our parents would have you know, the bills would have come to the house in the mail and they might have written a check to pay that bill. And so there's a clear, uh, you know, set of documentation there, right? You know, whereas today we live in a digital world. So your 
kind of old school and you still have your bills mailed to the house and you write checks, then, then there's a pretty simple record. You might have the bills in a file cabinet and in your checking account, you should see canceled checks that represent the bill being paid. However, you know, today we're in a much more digital environment. People are using the internet to access um, their accounts. And so you might have bills that are being paid by logging into an account online and pushing a payment. Um, you might have routine bills that are just directly debited from a checking account or you know, from a, a credit card, like a Visa card, where you know, the, the cable company just bill, you know, basically bills your credit card every month and then you pay the credit card at the end of the month. So, you know, we need to understand that is, is you know, how um, focused was, you know, this couple in paying their bills online or, or uh, you know, from a paper trail perspective. And for our surviving spouse, you know, are they aware of that? Are they aware of the information? Are they aware of where to find it? So it's, it's really maybe digging through the file cabinet to see what's in there, you know, looking at what credit cards you have digging through emails, online accounts. I mean, a lot of unfortunately detective work here sometimes to figure out what the bills are and what need to be paid. And the thing that comes to mind is passwords. Did you share passwords? Yeah. So this is something that we talk about with our clients all the time, because you know when you have one individual that's really responsible in the household for everything, they log in, they have the user ID, they have the password. And in today's world, you know, due to fraud, we have to change our passwords all the time. Mm -hmm. And then what's, you know, we have dual, what's called dual authentication now where you might log in, put in your user ID and password, and then you get a text message and the text message has a code that you have to enter in. And that's, that's really to protect you, but you know, it gets difficult, you know? So what, you know, any quick examples, we just had a client pass away recently and, and uh, the, the wife, the surviving spouse just emailed us yesterday and said, I, I think there's an account at a, at a mutual fund company. And the only way I can get the password reset is to have a text message sent to the phone. Well, I turned off my husband's phone. Oh no. <laughs> so she no longer has access to his phone to kind of complete the process. So it gets a little bit more involved now. Um, but that's, you know, I, I, so again, you know, digging through file cabinet emails, online accounts, um, you know, for, for income from a company you might have to reach out to their, the HR department, you know, human resources, individual who handled compensation and payroll, you know, and, and gather that information that way. Um, so that's, that's really how we start to do, if you will, that, that detective work to put the pieces together. So eventually you get all this information together, hopefully sooner rather than longer. Um, and then what's your next step? I think after we have a handle on the income that's coming in, the bills that, are, that need to be paid, you know, and as we said, some things need to be dealt with right away. Those are the monthly bills. You know, if you stop paying the monthly bills, now you've got creditors that start getting concerned about, you know, your inability to pay, pay payments. Um, and, and you don't want to start heading towards the collection routine. So, you know, the, after that, we start thinking about, you know, the deceased spouse might've had some benefits from their employer. Okay. So, you know, that might be, um, if someone was retired, they might have pension income and we need to, to talk to employer about that. 
um, they may have had life insurance through their employer. And so now a death claim needs to be filed to receive a, a, a life insurance benefit. Um, there could be retirement accounts that were held through the company. You know, if it's a, a 401k plan, um, you know, if, a, if the spouse was a teacher, it might be what's called a 403b plan, which is a retirement plan through a school district. If you're a government employee, it might be called a 457 plan. So there's various types of retirement accounts that we need to, to learn about that might have been through an employer. And if the individual happened to be someone that was receiving you know, more enhanced benefits, like what's something called deferred compensation. So part of their income was deferred to the future, whether it's, let's just say five years down the road or maybe deferred until retirement. So there would have been an account for that. Some people are compensated with stock, company stock. So we need to learn if that individual had stock held in an account, if they had stock options. Um, so those, those are the things that we need to learn about um, through an employer. And then the other thing that you know we might need to dig into is if the if the individual that passed away was was retired, were they receiving social security payments? And how might that shake out going forward? This is all pretty daunting. It's a lot of information. And a widow, as you say, as you said in previous podcasts, this is a hard time to think. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I think it's um it is over, you know. It is overwhelming. It's a lot of information. Um, the 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 bigger challenges are when someone wasn't the surviving spouse wasn't very involved in the process. They they don't understand the documents. They don't know where to find them, and it and and they you know can get rather frustrated um, and throw their hands up. And and so from our perspective as the advisor, the planner working with the client, we want to you know get through this at a pace at which. Our client, the widow, is comfortable. But as we talked about, you know, some of the stuff we have to move on and we have to get organized and understand, uh, especially the cash flow side of things. Um, but you know, we're not, we don't want to push and we want to make sure that uh, they're making the right decision. So a lot of these things, you know, that we're talking about are are decisions that are critical to the here and now. They're not big decisions that are being made that are our long-term or lifetime decisions. Okay. That those are the things we talked about that can be put off. Those are bigger decisions, maybe about investments and you know how to put life insurance money to work and and those kind of things. So the pace at which we're working with our client on this is is at their pace, but we have to part of our our, our responsibility is to remind them that certain things we, we, we've got to work towards the finish line and get some of those things accomplished. And if they need a breather, we take a break and we circle back and we begin again and work on another couple of tasks. You mentioned creditors and monthly bills, which brings up the question of credit scores. Do they usually struggle with their credit score? You know, I think it depends on how decisions were made as a married couple along the way. If if the surviving spouse is someone that wasn't working and wasn't um, potentially a borrower for certain loans, you know, we've had clients where the husband and wife, um, you know, might own the home, but maybe the person that was employed, if it was a single, you know, income household, was the only one that was on the mortgage. Maybe they were the only one on a car loan, and so now you have the issue where. There's not a ton of credit history 
possibly for the surviving spouse, which makes it challenging if now that that individual has to go out and get it, let's say a new credit card for themselves, or they need a new vehicle and they're going to borrow money. So they, they're going to get a car loan. Um, the other big issue that we've had is if we have a surviving spouse that wasn't working and they choose to, let's just, this might not be right away, but let's just say they choose to relocate and sell a house and buy a new one and they need to have a mortgage as part of that process, they might not qualify for the mortgage. Because, I have because no- they don't have they don't have income, right. you know they don't know the salary that you know, and so there there are ways we have worked around that with clients. It depends. Part of it depends on the, um, you know, the the financial resources that the couple had, and if if there are investment accounts, and, and so we've had situations where we did we had um, some of our female clients who who are widows who were not working and needed to have the ability to borrow money. Um, we got creative and, and used an investment portfolio as collateral to borrow a loan or to borrow money. And, and so we've done that many times. That works. Um, it's kind of not the traditional process, but sometimes you have to use strategies that will get the job done. You know? Well, once you've gotten through the cash flow discovery process, you know what death benefits are coming. What's, what's the next step? I think one of the important things for, for a widow to address is understanding where they're going to get their health insurance from. Mm-hmm. So if it was a non-working spouse, um, you know, the spouse that passed away was the one that was working and had the health care benefits. Now, you know, does the, uh, the, the widow need to continue health insurance coverage through that employer, which is called COBRA, which they can do for a period of time? Um, or do they need to to go out to the marketplace and find insurance on their own? You know, and lastly, it might re- you know might require finding employment on their own where they can get some healthcare benefits. So that that's kind of really obviously very important to make sure you have continuation of healthcare benefits there. You know, the other thing that comes up is um, the other types of insurance that people have. So property and casualty insurance—that's your auto insurance, your homeowners. You know, really, I, I think what tends to happen is. Um, one person passes and you had two vehicles, um, you had auto insurance for the person that passed away. And so now it's just contacting your, your insurance agent that handles those things and maybe um, discontinuing the coverage. So it's just a, a, an evaluation of, of the needs on that side for insurance coverages. What about other kinds of insurance? What about um, uh, insurance on the house? Well, you said property and casualty. Right. So if you're going to continue to own the same home, you're going to need to maintain your homeowner's insurance. Um, many people have liability coverage, which is also known as an umbrella policy. And that's just, you know, the coverage that if that, you know, you, you have a, an event at your home and somebody slips and falls down and, you know, twists their knee or, or breaks their arm, you have insurance for that. Um, you know, the other, um, we talked about life insurance a little bit. The other kind of insurance that might be out there that you may have um, been in place is long-term care insurance. Good point. Okay. So, you know, that um, historically has been a, been applied for on an individual basis. So, you know, long-term care insurance is in place to cover healthcare needs later in life. And if someone passes prematurely, then um, sometimes those policies are 
um, you, you know, use it or lose it policies, or you're paying a premium for a number of years. And if you never use the policy, there's no benefit, right? But there, there are policies today that have been structured that have a death benefit. And so there might be something to claim there on a long-term care policy. All right. Well, Todd, we're going to wrap up part one here of this two-part series on next steps in making financial decisions. But give us a preview. What are we going to talk about next time? Sure. I think as we continue this conversation, the the next logical step as we're working with a widow to to organize finances is understanding their assets, which are the things that they own, and their liabilities, which are um, you know debts they have, bills that you know need to be paid, you know loans, uh, credit cards, those kind of things, and you know, pulling that together so that we understand all the details of the assets and liabilities and coming up with, you know, a personal net worth. So we know, you know, do you own more than you owe and and what is that number? And that's critical to, you know, part of the part of a financial planning process is to know that along with your income sources so that we know where you stand financially. You know, then we'll talk a little bit about, you know, important documents like on the legal side. So you know, uh, wills and trusts and, and, uh, and what a surviving spouse will need, which is part of the attorney going forward. We'll talk a little bit about taxes. And then maybe we'll, you know, go through a scenario of, of a situation that we, uh, we've dealt with recently. So we can kind of put this to kind of real life you know, situation. Sounds great. And that'll be part two of this series. So Todd, while we're waiting for part two, how can people reach you? Sure. The best way to reach out to to us is uh, through our website, which is creedomwealth.com. So it's C-R-E-I-D-I-M wealth.com. You know, our contact information is there, email, phone numbers, and uh, you know, love for you to reach out to us if you have questions. And certainly hope that you will continue to follow our podcast, subscribe, so you'll be made aware of uh, episodes, you know, coming in the future. All right. That is Todd Bessie of Credom Wealth Partners. As you said, follow this podcast, Widowed But Not Alone, and of course, share with friends. Thank you for listening to Widowed But Not Alone. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Integrated Wealth Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment advice offered through Integrated Partners, doing business as Credom Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor.